Hi, it's Vicki with Vicki Woo Marketing, and I'm bringing you another great entrepreneur interview. Today, we're talking to Shauna Lee Van Morick with Shauna Lee Artistry, and she helps businesses refine their message to create copy that converts. This is Vicki Woo, and as always, we're talking about the best tips for marketing your small business. Be sure to subscribe to our channel to be notified of the latest updates. This is really important. I've been writing copy for a really long time, longer than I care to admit. I originally was looking at being a journalist. So way back to high school, which was, you know, but I still find that I need to go back and review my copy over time, especially kind of the static pieces like web pages and things like that that don't get updated a lot because messaging needs to change and what converted last year may not work as well this year so it's really great for all businesses to know some information about creating copy that converts and a little bit later in this podcast i'm going to ask you to share a couple of tips with the audience but before that, I want to delve into you and your business. So I want to learn about why you started this business. I started my business essentially out of passion at first. Um, I was told that writing was not a lucrative thing. And so I went into uh, psychology. I actually have a degree in psychology. I, I work in the field still supporting people with special needs. But I, I just had this passion to write, to help, to support to create. And through just pursuing that passion, I realized that it actually is a thing. It's, it's something that people want. It's something that people need, especially in the business space. So I started out as a passion and then it just grew from there. It bloomed. And, and here we are today chatting on a podcast, which I never thought that I would have done, you know, um, just a few short years back. I do like to get people who haven't spent a lot of time on podcasts. It comes across a little bit more natural than those who have done it so much that it kind of feels like they've rehearsed it a lot. I mean, that can be good, but we kind of get some more kind of authentic, natural interaction. Tell me a little bit how your business has changed and grown from when you first started it to where you are now. When I first started it, I was very new to the world of business in general. So I didn't quite know how to go about getting the people who I needed to write for. You know, I, I put it out in the world, uh, vaguely. I wrote my own content, generally. I, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but then as I learned, as I grew, as I networked, I realized the importance of it. I realized that just even the smallest inches forward, making connections made big impacts on my business. And so of course I continued to do what worked. And today I'm networking every day. Today I'm connecting every day, meeting new people. And the thing that's really important is that it's not in a space that I'm looking for a client. It's in a space that I'm looking for people who maybe I could serve um, and not even through my services, but just through giving them a, another resource. I network all the time. I know people I'm alive. Hey, I'll refer you to so-and-so. So that's like one of the biggest changes that I've seen in my end of the business and the back end of the business is that I can write for people in general, refining everything, meeting new people, figuring out where I stood as a business owner, um, and then continuing to network and build the role that I play as founder and CEO of my own company is a completely different role than I was playing when I first started. That is a really good point because there's a difference 
especially in service industry, like we're in services to other business professionals, we can get in a kind of mental frame of that we're a freelancer or even some people, you know, they're a VA or there's a bunch of other terms, but there's a distinct shift when you start looking at yourself as a CEO of a business rather than something like a freelancer. So I'm glad you brought that point up. When you were starting out, what were your biggest marketing issues in your business? So my biggest issues, I guess, when I started out was visibility. I feel like I was aware of the fact that I needed to be out there. Um, And so I wrote, um, but I wasn't necessarily aware of, of how it would be the most effective to make myself visible. The idea of being on screen, the idea of taking a video or an audio or, um, you know, just a picture, putting your face on something. Um, that was probably the biggest mindset challenge that I had to face when I first started. Um, that now I, I don't even hesitate. I think actually one of my recent posts showed me upside down in an image with my hair falling down. Just because guess what? I do business with people. We might be in the space of, of doing business, even if we're doing B2B, but that business owner is a person. And so we can be authentic and we can be true to ourselves through that, that way. And so that was probably my biggest challenge that I was able to kind of uh, hurdle over and own, own it, <laughs> really. I see that a lot of people forget that they think there's a huge distinction between business to consumer marketing and business in general and business to business. And there are some small differences when you're marketing to the two different sets, but the people in the B2B marketing that you're doing, like you said, they are people. And so a lot of those same strategies need to be there just like if you're marketing to individual consumers, because you're still marketing to people. They just have a different role than they may have in their everyday, day-to-day life. We've experienced the COVID pandemic this year, which has caused a lot of businesses to have to shift some of their business processes, some of their messaging. And also as businesses grow, marketing needs change. So how have those two things impacted your business where you are now? As soon as the pandemic hit, I can tell you, you can go back in my post. I was waving flags saying, keep creating content, keep putting your voice out there. Um, The pandemic hit, and I'm not going to downplay any of the tragedy that has happened since it started. However, we need to look at the silver linings, right? And as business owners, one silver lining we can consider is the fact that there are more eyes on our business. So many people are online. So many people are looking at things because what do I have to do? You know, for a long time, nobody was working. They're sitting online. I said, keep creating content. People are reading this. People are viewing this. People are interacting with this because they've got nothing better to do. And even if they're not purchasing now or, or taking part now, it's in their head. And, you know, 90 days later, you might just get a call. And it's so important to keep that up. So from the beginning, that's what I've been doing. Um, And since then, because of that mental space that I was in, knowing that it was so important, I've been able to actually amplify my own message and and my consistency. Um, Whereas before I was posting a certain number of times a week, now I'm posting almost double that. Um, And I'm able to engage at an exceptionally higher rate just because of the way I've been able to change my content strategy. 
Um, and so really for as tragic and difficult as it, as it has been, it has also been a great opportunity for growth, um, not only professionally, but personally as well. We're able to kind of level up our game, so to speak. I like how you looked at that and that it's an opportunity more people are viewing. And I had even read back earlier in the pandemic, I forget what was prompting some of the advertisers to leave social media. There was something going on. There's always something going on. But I was like, it's a perfect opportunity if you want to do some small ads on Facebook because there's fewer competition. You actually have a better chance of your ad budget being more efficient because there's less advertisers and there's more people watching. So there's always a positive. A lot of people realize that they've realized an increase in their business and they've found that they need to outsource some of the things like marketing that maybe they used to do in-house. And I've actually picked up some of my biggest clients this year because their business is growing so much that they just couldn't handle their marketing in-house anymore. So you wouldn't think COVID would have had some of these changes that it has, but the businesses that have been flexible to pivot strategically have seen new parts of their business open up that they're going to be able to keep even after all of this calms down. When you first started out as an entrepreneur, what's something that you wish someone had told you before you started? Somebody said to me recently that I didn't realize I had learned was that they were scared to talk to people. They said they were scared to hop on the call. What if they don't like me? What if they, you know, all of this. And I said, you are uniquely you. You're going to hop on the call. And if they don't like you, they're not meant to work with you. And it's okay because the next person and the next 10 people, they may love you. And that's great. But you have to be okay with showing up and maybe being told no. And, and again, you know, that's okay. So just, you know, uh, owning it and, and being fearless, being fearlessly you and unapologetically you. I think that that would have probably changed the way I showed up in the first year of my business. And now that I know it, here I am, right? <laughs> I've always had a big problem. And this is really ironic because I do marketing for a living, but kind of self-promotion I do marketing. I should be able to self-promote, right? But it's different when it's you as a person talking about how great you are. It's completely different. I have a couple of side businesses that are just kind of passive income. They aren't my name. They're not me. They're a business and I can talk all day long about, you know, and self-promote them because I'm not promoting myself. And I'm what you would call an ambivert. I'm introverted sometimes, I'm extroverted other times. A lot of people mistake that as shy, but it's not, I process internally and that's what introvert is versus other people like my husband who processes externally, which means he talks it all out and I do it all in my head. And then when I tell you, it's kind of like the final conclusion I came to. So it's interesting how those differ. But I do find that a lot of introverts don't like talking about themselves. And women were kind of raised that we shouldn't say how great we are, but yet, hey, I'm pretty great. So I've had that problem too. And if I would just 
I, I always find that when I just own it and go ahead and tell people, you know, I did this thing that I think is really great that I know not all of my competitors perhaps would be able to do and I should be okay with. And I think that's something that a lot of entrepreneurs were afraid somebody won't won't like you, won't like the message, but the right people will find you and work with you. And I've also learned in that same vein that when it's the wrong people, it usually ends up being a real headache for you to work with them. And you're constantly going, should have skipped this client or whatever, because if it's not right, there's kind of always a little bit of clash. And it's much different when you're a service-based entrepreneur than when it's a product. So definitely something we have to look a little bit closer at internally. Now, I want you to share a couple of tips you have for the audience that are in your wheelhouse of what you do for a living or kind of life in general, it's up to you. But this is the good juicy part that I want people to really take away something valuable that you have to share. All right. This is a, a, actually a really easy one because it starts personal and it gets bigger, which is, I think, the marker of really good advice. And it's not my advice. Okay. So this is advice that I was actually given. And um, the story is kind of funny because you know how you never really want to listen to the in-laws? You know how that's just a thing? Well, this one actually came from my father-in-law. And it was from when my, just after my husband and I got married, um, we both wanted to be parents, but we were nervous because everybody's nervous about that. That's crazy. You know, you're bringing a, a life into the world. My father-in-law told me it's never going to be the perfect time. Nothing is going to line up. It's never going to be, oh, this is it. Just do it. Just have a baby and you will make things work. You can take that advice and you can blow it up so big because so many people have these excuses. Oh, well, just when I have enough money to start um, this business or, or when I have enough time to go to the gym or when I have, no matter what you're talking about, just do it, you know, uh, creating a website for, for me. I mean, I, I love it. I was through it. I love learning about what people are doing for, for somebody who maybe can't outsource that and um, aren't amazing at it, or maybe they are okay at it, but they just have some self-doubt um, and they want it to be just so, well, it's never going to be perfect. Even, even when you've outsourced it and you get it back and it, it is perfect, just like you said, everything's shifting and changing as you're moving forward. You always need to update the content and copy that you're putting out in the world. It will eventually, you're going to need to revamp it. You will. Um, so it's never going to be the perfect time. You're never, you're never going to have the perfect amount of money or, or any sort of thing. Just do it. Dive in, pursue your passions, make a choice, stick to it and nail it. And if you don't nail it the first time, keep going <laughs> because, you know, it's never going to be the perfect time and you're never going to do anything absolutely perfectly. So just keep doing it. And you'll get better and better and better and things will work out because you're brilliant and you're going to make it work out. I've commented this quote a lot lately from Salvador Dali that have no fear of perfection because you'll never achieve it. It's similar to how another quote, and I don't know who said this one originally, but an entrepreneur is somebody who jumps off a cliff and then builds their parachute on the way down. Don't 
hesitate, even if something, if you have a vision in your mind of something being, you know, all these pieces being in place for you to do X next month, something may change and you're going to have to change that vision anyway. And if you keep looking at that future vision and changing it because of what's happening in the world today, nobody would have thought that we had a pandemic this year and all of the other like weird things that happened in 2020. Had you planned a perfect 2020, well, you know what? The world had something else in mind for you. So yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of, yes, you have to be realistic and maybe you have, especially a single mother like I have been in my past, you have to make sure you can pay the bills, provide for your family, but you need to also not be afraid to take the leap and understand that you'll figure it out as you go. Have a plan, but don't let the plan stop you. It's meant to help you. Great tip. Another fabulous quote. Do what you can with what you have, where you are, plain and simple. I love that. And that's a lot of philosophy we use for our marketing clients as well. That's one of the things I tell them, start where you are. You don't need to overthink it. You're, you're here, just do anything. You can make it all right and fancy and efficient and perfect and whatever later, but just get something going, get something pushed out because the hardest step is always that first one. And once you get it moving, then it will start, it'll keep going and eventually it'll snowball and it will happen, but you, you got to start. I, I'm not going to lose my 20 pounds I gained thanks to COVID by sitting here on the chair. I'm going to have to get up and take a step and move. Now is the time that if you have any questions for me about marketing or life or whatever, you have a chance to ask me and pick my brain. You know what? I think that um, the best question that I would have for you that might help the majority of people would be to pick your brain about even just the general term marketing strategy, because we hear that so often. And being a woman of words, say that three times fast, it winds up just being a word. Marketing strategy. All right. So what does that entail? I mean, obviously it entails a lot more than you could say right here, but in general, you know, what are we looking at when we're saying, okay, you need to develop a marketing strategy. Okay. Where do I start? Where, and not just where do I start as in start where you are, but what are my options? What should I be thinking about first? It's great to do anything when you're first getting started and you kind of don't know what to do, but at some point, yes, you need to stop back and actually make some kind of strategy. So you're not just, you know, it's like throwing mud at the wall and see what sticks. You want to get away from that at some point. So once you've got things going, you need to step back and look at what's working best. What pieces do you need to replicate and keep doing? What pieces do you totally need to get rid of? You know, it's not making any return not even awareness or anything, well, you don't need to keep doing that. And the problem is that if you were to go out and Google right now, like what marketing strategy should I start in my business? You're probably gonna get millions and millions of results. And a lot of those may not be, I always cringe when there's people offering advice that I know based upon a lot of years of doing this and working with thousands and thousands of clients is 
bad advice. So you have that. You you may read bad advice and assume, you know, it's good. This this guy has a blog and so it must be good. Maybe not. And then also competing messages. This guy says X, this guy says Y. Which one do I do? And then there's the problem of a lot of marketing coaches maybe, or they may have some other term coach that have only learned one way to do it. And that's the only way they can teach you. And it may be better than nothing, but it also may not be the best strategy for your business. And it may not account to what like systems and processes that you're already using. It may end up costing you more work, more money because it can't coordinate with what you're already doing. And that's what I see with a lot of people who come to me is, you know, oh, I, I spent $5,000 on this, you know, program over here and it didn't work. Like it, it didn't work for my business. It wasn't right. It didn't talk to my other, you know, my CRM and my email, whatever. That's a real problem. So the best thing you can do is look at where your customers are. We're assuming you've, you've already got something going. I always tell people, start where you are. If you're on Facebook, start there. If you're on Twitter, start there. If all you have is an email list and that's what you like to do, start there. But now we're looking at going past that. Now look at where your customers are. And that's the next place you need to start. And if somebody tells you something different, you probably need to say no. You know, if, if you're like, well, I've been doing my email because that's what I had and what I know and what I'm comfortable with. And now I need to expand. And I see that my people are on Twitter. They're not on Facebook as much. They're not on Instagram. So I need to look at Twitter. Then if you go to look and work with a coach and they say, well, I'm going to teach you an Instagram strategy and we're going to get you followers on Instagram. That's not where you need to go next. Your second step is going to where your customers already are. That's the low hanging fruit. And that's what will be most efficient because they're, they're already the right people. The third step would be expanding out and looking at other things. But that's kind of how you can gauge whether the advice you're reading or getting is right. You know, is it fitting into that strategy of where your customers are as step two? If you're reading it and you think it's too good to be true, the results that they're talking about, how much money they make a year, and nobody wants to hear how much money I make a year. They want to know how much I'm going to make them a year. But if it sounds way too good to be true, it may be because there's a reason that it sounds that way. If you're reading it or you're reading reviews or you're talking to the person and something just doesn't feel like it clicks enough. Don't get swayed by all of that because sometimes when you're talking about working with a marketing coach or working with somebody to get some marketing strategy, you have to feel comfortable that they understand you and understand your business. So if your gut's telling you something, listen. And it's actually better to hold off short-term on enacting a new strategy or figuring out what strategy or connecting with someone to help you on a strategy to wait and find the right person, the right strategy to enact that long-term. Goes back to what I tell people when they say, oh, I need social media help. You know, I post on social media and now I'm ready and I, I gotta get a VA. 
and post on social media. And that's great that they know that their time may not be best used by that activity. However, the problem I see comes in when they don't understand their own brand voice and brand messaging well enough to be able to relay it to a VA so that that VA can be posting things that are you know, correct and accurate and reflect the brand voice. Copywriting is a huge piece of that. So if they're not to that point, not just that they understand it, but that they can make someone else understand it, then they're not ready to put a VA on board and they need to do that branding work and back up and get that voice and that messaging kind of down and understood before they can hand it off to be effective as possible. Can you be effective by, just by having somebody posting on social media? Yes, it'll be better than doing nothing, better than what you're doing now. But if you really wanna up the game and take it to the next level, you need to step back and have those other pieces before you move forward long-term. So that a roundabout way of answering your question in multiple directions, I think. So hopefully you got out of that what you need. And now I do want you to share with the audience how they can connect with you. So yeah, the best place where you could find me is on LinkedIn. Um, that's where I post most of my content. That's where I interact the most. I'm also available um, on Instagram and Facebook to a lesser extent because I focus primarily on LinkedIn, like you had mentioned being a priority. I've also got a website that's a place you can reach out to me. I won't be as able to interact with you through uh, direct messages or calls because it is just a website, but you're welcome to find me at shaunaleeartistry.com. Um, but for a chat, for sure, 100%, hop over to LinkedIn and shoot me a message. And we will share those links in the description down below. Shauna, it's been great to have you here with us. I'm so glad that we got to hear a little bit about your work and some of your tips for writing great copy and great content. And for all of you listening, if you have a marketing question, you can either drop your question down below or you can visit our website, vickywoo.marketing. And in the bottom right corner, there's a chat bubble icon. You can ask your question there and we will either answer you directly or we may use your question on an upcoming episode.